one. Welcome back. The Heated Exchange is back. Season two, episode five. We have a very good show for you guys today. We're going to switch things up a little bit. But before we do, as usual, I will introduce my co-host, Jet Rosenstein. Jet, it is Tuesday night. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I have the Marlins game back on in my TV in the background. Not, not necessarily, Ew. you know, Ew. loving loving watching them, but uh, you Get know, out of here. I I would have loved to maybe check out the Subway Series, but for some reason I don't think it's nationally televised. I, I may be wrong on that, but um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm fine with watching my Marlins even with it being a a depressing season so far. Too many injuries, too many underperforming players. Obviously, Austin's favorite team is it's pretty much on the other side of the aisle in that in that regard. You mean the Yankees? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Listen, it's a it's a bad game, whatever. You can't win them all. But I will say, when I was watching it before, it has a playoff atmosphere to it. It's, it was kind of cool. A 2000, I guess, right? It, it's a, seriously, it's a playoff atmosphere. You know what? I don't remember the last time, since I've at least since I've been alive, that both New York teams have been this dominant. Yeah. Like, this is a, this is a rivalry this year. This is like a true rivalry of two powerhouse teams this year. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these, these teams, they played each other in the World Series back in 2000. They could end up getting to that point again. Obviously, there's still a long way to go, but... Hopefully, history repeats itself. I, 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 I really don't want to see it, honestly. I, you'd, I just, you'd rather see your... Hold on. You'd rather see your division rivals win than the Yankees? No, no. I just don't want to see a New York-filled World uh, Series. Uh, I just despise yeah. all things New York. People from New York, you... Uh, it's just you know let's normally go normally there's something i'd say to you but i really can't say it on here but you know exactly <laughs> what i'm thinking so i'll leave it at that Fair enough. enough with baseball this is a fantasy yeah. football podcast yeah. you're getting so off track it's i know so like i shouldn't have brought it up no you should never brought it up you like a lot of things but whatever anyway let's get into what we're doing today jet floor is yours yeah so what we're going to do today is we have some changes in the Dirty Diaz that we need to address. A lot has happened since we last spoke on this podcast, and we're going to address all of all, all of those issues. And then right after that, we're going to get into our first mock draft of the season. This is still the time when people are getting those dynasty startup drafts underway. And both of us are also participating in a dynasty this year. So we also have plenty of knowledge and we've prepared for a draft already. So we figured we would share both of our strategies and how we approach um, a dynasty draft, differing strategies. We'll get into that before we get begin the mock draft. So it's going to be a really exciting show. We're going to get to share some of our draft um, analysis and, and how we, we do, how we go about doing these kinds of things. So it's going to be a very good show. Excited. Let's get into it. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So the Dirty Diaz, obviously, last time we, we talked about this league, it was a super flex league. And since then, there has been, and I guess, y'all drama. Drama is pretty much the theme of this league, I think, from year to year. But um, one of our league mates, actually, one of our league mates who was on this show, the only one who's been on the show in, in season two, Lucas Lima, pointed out that quarterbacks are potentially getting way too overvalued um where they were getting to be kept in a super flex league considering i could keep someone like jalen hurts for a 15th round pick someone else is able to keep justin herbert for a 15th round pick and in a super flex league when those guys are going in the first two rounds it is really going to separate those teams that are able to do that so 
as a league collectively, it took some time, but we decided to, you know, move away from Superflex for this year, transition to it next year, and revert back to our previous format where it's a non-Superflex league. Still PPR, two wide receivers, two running backs, one tight end, and then two flexes, but both of them are regular wide receiver, running back, tight end flexes. So with all of those changes, it also affected the keepers. Everyone, everyone that was keeping a quarterback originally, except two teams, are no longer keeping a quarterback. The only two quarterbacks still being kept are Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. Everyone else is using some sort of combination of running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and we'll we'll address all of those keepers once the the list officially becomes final. But Austin, what are your thoughts on these changes? Frankly. You know, I saw both sides to it because there were, you know, there were arguments on both sides. But I think Lucas did have a, a valid point with, you know, introducing a super flex league after the season. You know, it could, if we introduced it, you know, before last season, it would have affected when everyone drafted quarterbacks. And I think just introducing the super flex this late, it's, you know, it's kind of unfair to people who took court, you know, who took quarterbacks uh, early last year. Um, could definitely would have affected it. So I'm a fan of it for sure. I think this year, upcoming year, I'm happy that it's a redraft for quarterbacks. Everyone's in the pool except for two of them. And then if he introduces the super flex next year, we can plan accordingly this season with quarterbacks. So I'm a fan of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we're still waiting on one more team to get the keeper list officially finalized. So like I said, once that yeah, is done, it's, it's, it's not like there was a deadline for everybody. Well, but... well, well, here's the thing. Since we had to implement those rules, you know, extensions are granted and and people are arguing I'm playing favorites in regards to who I'm giving extensions to. But everyone extensions, has extensions. Everyone has a different schedule. Um, I, The person that's gotten this extension, Noah, your friend of mine. He deserves it, and honestly, it could be all for nothing because rumor has it that he may end up keeping nobody. Seriously, are you, how are you not choking on that leash? Say, um, it's actually impressive. Like, yeah, no, love really? to see you recycling lines that were overused already. But um, I, I don't it's funny every time. It's funny every time. I don't hear anyone laughing right now. So. Well, it's because it's only two of us on the podcast. Right. However, enough of the dirty Diaz. Yeah. Let's get into what we're really doing here today. Yeah, so a 12-team Dynasty PPR mock draft. The full roster positions, if you're on Spotify, flip that phone over. You can watch the draft board as it progresses. One quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two regular flexes, wide receiver, running back, tight end, and then one super flex. And there's also six bench spots, but we're not going to go through the bench. We're just going to auto-pick. Then Fantasy Bros is going to assess how both of us did. And we'll see, you know, we'll see who tops the other person as far as this mock draft. This is the first of many mock drafts that I'm sure we'll do on the show. So I'm, I'm excited to see how this one pans out. Austin, before we get started, talk to me on how the strategy you're planning on implementing throughout this draft. So for me, you know, this is the first year I have ever done a dynasty. Uh, me and you are in another league together. Never have had no experience with it, but I figured my strategy would be more of a hybrid approach. I, you know, I, I, I think if you're not trying to win now, then what's the point? Like, I, I want to have, you know, I want to be invested into the season. So I want to do everything I can to win now. But at the same time, I would like to have some, some youth on my team so I could build upon. But when I say hybrid, I'm definitely leaning more towards win now. That's just my approach because I want to 
I want to be competitive every year. I think it's more fun to be competitive. You know, I, I totally get it. I think the reason why I'm not going to be using that approach in this in this draft, I'm going to be going with a hybrid, but leaning towards younger players is the way that I look at it. Yeah, you can set up to have your team win now, but say, you know, in, in two years, that team doesn't end up winning and then you're left rebuilding from scratch if you weren't properly prepared. I think you build your, you dig yourself a pretty big hole. So for me, I want to have a team that could potentially, you know, sneak into the playoffs or be a lower seed in the playoffs and have the ability to win, but also have a team that, I mean, this is a dynasty league. I want to create my, you know, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Miami Heater. I want to create a dynasty. I want, I want to have a team that can sustain success for multiple years. So there are multiple ways to do it. Some people will even opt to not even focus on trying to win and just a full rebuild to start off. And we saw that in a few of the teams in our league that we're both in, yeah. but there's no there's no right answer here. Everyone has different thoughts on how it should work out. And and every strategy from what I've read about and what I've seen, they all have the chance of working out. It's just a matter of executing it as well as possible. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right. So in this draft, I have the second pick. Austin has the 10th pick. It was randomized. I know Austin will argue that I kind of rigged it and course you did you always do you're a no. shady you're a shady commish everyone <laughs> everyone can admit it everyone can confirm it you're a shady commish but it's okay yeah I'll so else, i'll let you, you know that. i'll let you keep thinking that but let's let's start this draft i'm gonna let the the mock draft start it's gonna give us about 25 seconds until the draft begins but i'm gonna give just everyone a little glimpse on what i'm thinking at number two so, I'm, I mean, my thinking here is that one of the big quarterbacks is going to go off at number one, whether it's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, or Justin Herbert. My guess, it's going to be Josh Allen. So I'm probably going to have to decide between Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. I'm not really thinking running back or wide receiver or tight end in this spot. Having a quarterback that you can anchor your team. Yes, Josh Allen goes in number one. Having a quarterback that can anchor your team is so important in the dynasty league. And in my other league, I had the third overall pick, and I was able to get Patrick Mahomes. And I'm going to do that once again. Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in this league. And in a dynasty league, even with them, even with no more Tyreek Hill, he's going to be just fine. I'm going to be able to secure him as my top dog for the next five to seven years. <sighs> Well, look, personally, I would have taken Justin Herbert uh, with that pick. I just – I'm not saying Mahomes is going to have a bad season, but, I mean, I just think Justin Herbert is in a much better position this year, which is why I cannot believe he's still available. Um, I'm going to grab Herbert with the 10th overall pick. I don't know how the hell he fell to me this far, but, again, I will take it. First of all, before you pick again, there's no way he should fall that low. Um, no, there's just no – there's no – way but whatever he did um so I'll, again i'll take that any day of the week so now for my next pick that i already have an elite quarterback so i don't need another one for a little while i could i'd be fine getting uh my, you know for my super flex getting a guy like Derek carr even a guy like matt ryan so for right now i'm gonna go with the running back position and get joe mixon interesting elite elite offense high volume he had a great year last year no doubt that he will repeat his success. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I can't say I love the pick just cause I would prefer someone like a Dalvin cook over him, but I know he's coming off of an historic season. I think it's just because Joe Mixon is kind of someone that I am lower on this year, even though I was so high on him 
a a year ago but i get it i get it and uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fault you for that but i obviously would have went a different way there well this is why i'm more superior than you in fantasy but it's it's, again it's okay you'll learn you'll learn one day yeah, so I am I just paused the draft for one second just so I can get my blurb um, on Joe Mixon out there. It was kind of r- running low on time. But but for me, I, I, I think that the next pick is, is pretty easy for me. I'm, I'm thinking that it's, it's still going to be running back, wide receiver. If this was a tight end premium league, I would have opted maybe towards someone like Mark Andrews. But I, I think this is going to be an interesting pick here. So... I've kind of grown on him as the offseason has gone on, and I want to target my number one running back and then not worry about it for quite some time. And there's, for me, the best available running back on the board is going to be Saquon Barkley, and he's still young. <laughs> he is still a very young player. He's, what is he, 25, 24? Oh, like does, he, it, does it say slight reach on there? It does, does. and, and, and I, I, am, I am perfectly fine that it said that. He he is coming into a system now where with Brian Dable that is going to, you know, recapture what was lost from him these past couple of seasons. And I think he's going to be just fine behind a much improved offensive line. And then I have another pick right here and I'm going to stack my quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, a great duo of quarterbacks to have. I'm sad, especially with Kyler Murray getting that extension now. Don't have to worry about quarterback for a, a long time now, and I have my my starting running back. Can't say disagree with the pick. Kyler Murray, um, elite quarterback, but apparently needs to get in the film room a little more for four <laughs> hours for four hours a week specifically. But right now, Jed, do you mind pausing the draft quickly? Yeah. Thank you. So this is a pick now that I'm going to be targeting – a receiver. I already have an elite quarterback, top three quarterback, in my opinion. I already have a top five running back, in my, again, in my opinion, in Mixon. I think he's just on such an elite offense. Now I'm going to look at a receiver, and I know there were some, you know, questions surrounding him this offseason, but I read reports today that they're closing in on a deal, and you know, Trey Lance, you know, the more I'm reading on him, uh, the more, you know, the more confidence I see the Niners have in him. Frankly, when he played last year, I thought Debo actually looked good um, in those games. And I think Debo can look good with any quarterback now. I think he's just that talented. So I'm going to go ahead and snag myself uh, Debo Samuel when uh, the clock uh, resets again. Yeah, so I know. I, I think I think that's a great pick. I think a lot of people lower on him just because with all the issues that have surrounded him over the offseason, I, I think he could potentially regress if he's not giving all those running back carries. But once again, if he stays healthy, this is a dynasty league, and especially I know you're going with the win now approach. He's a great guy nice. to have. Thank you, Jet. And now I have well back to back picks. Look at that. So now with this next pick, I have my elite quarterback, I have my elite running back, my wide receiver. Right now, I'm strictly going. Look, so I wasn't looking at a tight end, but I see Kittle's there, and I don't want to stack Kittle and Debo. I don't like having two guys on the same team. So Jet, once again, pause the draft, please. Just make this make it routine so I have time to speak. Don't be selfish. So right now, this is either a running back or receiver uh, choice. And at this point, I'm just going to choose the best available. Uh, and right now, I'm a believer in Deontay Johnson. I think Kenny, Kenny Pickett will eventually be the guy there. And I he has a cannon of an arm. He, I mean, he went to Pittsburgh. I mean, he's 
Doesn't have to leave. I think that's a great fit for the Steelers. He is the quarterback of the future there. Deontay Johnson's a stud. I mean, he could look great with, you know, a dinosaur Ben Roethlisberger. I think he could look great with a guy like Kenny Pickett for sure. So Deontay Johnson, I expect big things this year from him. Give me Deontay. Very, very interesting. I, I, I struggle to make that pick. Um, I'm sure you I, do. I, 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 I know I love Deontay Johnson. I've had him on many of my teams in, in the years past. But going from Ben Roethlisberger, which I know he was on his, his last years, and obviously he's retired now, but I think he's not going to be peppered with targets like we saw last year with Ben Roethlisberger, Kenny Pickett, Mitchell Trubisky, whoever the quarterback is. These guys – these guys aren't guys that are going to throw 10 to 15 targets at a receiver right. every game. I'm not expecting the amount of targets, but what I am expecting to go up is his yardage and his touchdowns. That's what I expect to go up. I expect him to get a lot more yardage because Trubis- even though Trubisky is not, uh, has shown that he's not super accurate, he can, at least, yeah, he can at least extend plays and throw it down the field. That's why. Yeah, I get that. I, I do. I, I think... I, I, I struggle. I struggle in a dynasty league also to take him as my number one wide receiver because we don't know two. what the future holds. Okay, my, yeah, my bad, two. my bad. Wide receiver too, but but still, like the, the future with him is a little murky just because he is looking for a, a new contract. He may not even be with the Steelers next year, and he could very well end up with a better quarterback next year. But he could also end up with a worse quarterback. Even though, like, how much more worse can you get than Mitchell Trubisky? But on to my next pick here. I am looking at wide receiver after I went with two quarterbacks and a running back. And and there are a lot of nice options here. Uh, the guys that I'm really deciding between Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, th- those are where th- those are the guys where I'm focused at. But for me, with me focusing on age and also winning now, I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin just because I like, I like what he is going to bring to the table this year. I know he had a disappointing season with um, Taylor Heineke, a little bit of Ron Fitzpatrick, and just not a great set of quarterbacks there. But with Carson Wentz coming into coming into the Commanders this year and his success within the deep ball, Terry McLaurin also just got an extension. He's not going anywhere. He's as talented as he gets. He is entering the prime of his career, and I think he will take a step forward this season. And frankly, I think – you know, a lot of people have doubted him the past few years, and rightfully so. He is just disappointed, especially his uh, Week 18 stint against the Jaguars. But I believe Ron Rivera will be the guy to get Wentz back on track. So I think McLaurin's in for a big year. He could do it with any quarterback he has shown. So I'm assuming he could do it with Wentz too. And, of course, the two guys that I wanted with my next pick ended up getting sniped by the same team, Mike Evans and Travis Etienne. Very unfortunate there. I, I really like both of those guys this year, but you know, it, it's time to pivot, and I am not afraid to do that here. I could go tight end George Kittle. I could get another wide receiver. No real running backs that I'm interested in targeting. Targeting at this point, so I am going to take George Kittle here. I think just to Love secure it. to secure that tight end early, especially with how bad it gets uh, late, later on down in the draft. I think I'm. Very much fine with securing him here, even with all the questions surrounding him. Trey Lance, sure, there's questions surrounding him as well, but we see younger quarterbacks tend to lean on their tight ends, and I expect Trey Lance to do that this year as well. I love that. I love that pick. Uh, Kittle is, I mean, 
he's one of the best tight ends in the league. He will go down, assuming he stays healthy, is one of the best tight ends ever, in my opinion. And not only because of his receiving, he's also arguably the best blocking tight end in the league. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen what he did to Von Miller last year, pancake him. Yeah. But again, big fan of that pick. So for my next pick, again, I'm looking at running back, wide receiver. And right now, there's two guys I have my eye on. So one of them, Jed, you could actually unpause the draft quickly and let me pick. One of them, I'm going to, since I have back-to-back picks, I'm going to fill my running back uh, void. And this is a guy I was high on last week. We debated him. Um, David Montgomery. Again, the ba- yes, the Bears are a little questionable, but David Montgomery gets the volume. He's the, he's the focal point of that offense, assuming he stays healthy. And again, you could say that about any player. He's going to get the volume and the carries. And I imagine the Bears will be better this year offensively. They can't be any worse. And I think that bodes well for Montgomery. He still had a hell of a year last year. I think he had nearly 1,000 yards and played 13 games. Like, he's still he's still a beast running back. So, workhorse, give me Dave Montgomery as my RB2. And then right after that, I'm looking at a receiver. Now, my screen, I see four young receivers. Two guys in their second season. Two guys coming onto the rookie year. So, Drake London, one of them. Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, I'm going to stay away from. Again, I don't, I don't think he's going to be the number one dude on that team. I think it's Elijah Moore. Bateman, I don't really trust with Lamar Jackson. I just don't think Lamar can get it done. And, Jet, I know how you feel about that. So, for me, it's between Drake London and Elijah Moore. And, frankly, I'm going to go with Drake London. I think, oh. he's, step, I think he's stepping into a wide receiver one role. Fortunately, he'll have Kyle Pitts to kind of help him out on offense. They have a young, they have young new quarterbacks. Uh, Mariota, even though he's not super young anymore, he's a veteran presence. He's gotten it done before. I think in that system, he'll be great, and London's going to get the volume. So give me Drake London. Interesting. And, and, and by the way, like th- those are a great group of running uh, wide receivers to choose from. I, I, I could make an argument to take any of those in that spot. I'm surprised, honestly, you didn't go with Elijah Moore just because I know how much you like him and I do, especially, a lot. especially I like him this a lot. year, but I, I get it. Think about it. Like it's Kyle Pitts and who else? I mean, someone has to catch the ball and, and exactly. it's not going to be Olamide Zacharias or and right, those and other Russell guys. Gage, and Russell Gage is gone. Like right. someone's got, someone's got to, right. I get, you know, Cordero Patterson, get what he did last year, but I think that's a one-year thing, but still he'll be a receiving option this year. So, but again, I think it ultimately will be Pitts and um, London when it comes down to it. Yeah, and and for me now uh, it's it's setting up perfectly. I have two wide receivers here that I really like, and also a running back who I really like. So depending on if one of those guys gets taken between my next pick after this one, I'm gonna be pretty pretty happy here. And Austin alluded to him, Rashad Bateman. I love him this season, and no. he he he's a better no. wide receiver in my opinion than Marquise no. Brown. And put him in the number one uh number one wide receiver role. He is going to excel. He is the perfect definition of a wide receiver one, and I know he's no. going to get all that attention from the top cornerbacks, but Lamar oh. Jackson is is good enough to get the job done he's and good not. enough to get the ball to Rashad Bateman. Mark Andrews is still going to get a ton of attention, but with all those targets getting vacated, Rashad Bateman's about to go off this year and explode. I should get that in writing. I should really get that in writing. But for my next pick... 
Uh, of course, as I was expecting, I was going to get sniped. A.J. Dillon was who I was targeting for my second running back spot. So I'm just going to punt that because there is really no running back that I like for a while now, which is totally fine, especially in a dynasty league with there being a rookie draft the next year. I don't mind t- uh, punting the position. So I'm going to take another wide receiver I really like, in my opinion, a better version of Deontay Johnson, and that is Darnell Mooney. I love him. He is one of my guys that I, I've tried to get the in the past several drafts, and he has not disappointed. I think he'll take another step forward this this year. Yeah, there's some questions about if he can really be that number one wide receiver, but he took a big target share last year, and that was with Allen Robinson still on the team. Justin Fields loves to throw to him, and – these are two guys, Bateman, Mooney, volume-driven young guys who are going to be in this league for a long time, not only have the ability to help me now, but also down the road. All right. You know what? I, I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that. I respect it. I respect the hell out of that pick, actually. Thank you. So, for me, I'm at a point now. I have most of my skills positions set. A guy that has fallen to me, who I think is in for a bounce-back year, I'm, I'm very high in this team. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be a, they're going to have a lot more wins this year. They were very close last year, lost a lot of uh, tight games. The Detroit Lions, TJ Hawkinson's still here. And he is – he's one of the more talented tight ends in the league. He gets high target volume every week. Just It, it was very difficult last year. But I think TJ Hawkinson, especially now in this round, I mean – the last pick in the seventh round, I mean, you know, 82nd overall, right? 82nd overall pick. Um, I think that's, I think it's a steal. So you get Emma Jett, what do you think? TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. I, he at was this great. Point, yeah. I mean, at this point, yeah. It, it's just hard because he was amazing last year. And that was with only him and DeAndre Swift. And then for the most part of the year, getting all the targets. And then Amon Ross St. Brown stepped up and took some of those targets away from Hawkins. And now they're bringing Jamison Williams. DJ Chark is there. There, There's some concerns, but I I think it's a decent value pick here, especially like I've mentioned before, the tight end position is going to level off. For me, I would have taken Dalton Schultz over TJ Hawkinson here. I I, was considering that. Dalton Schultz is someone I absolutely love. And he, he has a lot on the line because he didn't get the new contract that he wanted this year. But he's he's playing for it. And he, with Dak Prescott, the past two seasons has been great. And people keep doubting him, but is just going to keep continuing to get fed the ball. If I didn't take George Kittle, I would have taken Dalton Schultz with my last pick because he's one of those tight ends that if I don't get one of those top three or four tight ends, I'm going to get Schultz or I'll pump the position and get someone later on in the draft. You know what? Uh Dalton Schultz was another guy on my list I was considering. It was him or Hawkinson, but I think Hawkinson is a better option because I think he gets more of a target share, a higher target share than Schultz. Dallas, you know, they lost Cooper. I think they're going to be more run-heavy this year. With I think they're going to pound the ball to Zeke and Pollard. But again, you can't go wrong with either. So now this, now this next pick, I'm, I have my super flex position to fill. So it's either get a quarterback or get a receiver or running back. I don't really like any running backs, to be honest. I and mean, Miles Sanders is the best one, and I don't love him this year. I know, I especially on the Eagles, I think they're going to start throwing a lot this year. For quarterbacks, the best one on the board, according to Fantasy Pros, is Trevor Lawrence, who he has the potential to be really good this season. He paused the draft good. He's so young. 
but I just don't believe that he will get it done in, in a fantasy aspect. Justin Fields has a lot of potential, but again, I don't like having two guys from the same team. It's not my way. But a guy that I think can actually elevate his game this year, I cannot believe I'm saying no this. No way. No I way. Cannot, I cannot no way. believe I'm saying this. No way. I'm, I no may way. Put, I, I know. You, you want to do the honors? Tua? I, Tua? I, I, I think I'm going to pull, pull the trigger on Tua. Wow. I am – I got. I got to be honest. I I am totally surprised because I know I know how much you've um counted him out, and I wasn't even expecting you you to take him there. I thought you were going to go with one of the or, other quarterback options. So I was ready to tell you why you were wrong there. But I love the pick. There, there. Every every sign is pointing that Tua is going to have the best season of his career this year. He will. And listen, I don't know what that means, like in terms of how well he's going to do from a general standpoint, but. Personally, for him, yes, I think this would be the best season he has statistically on record. I mean, how could it not? Mm-hmm. He's, I think, the system he's in, frankly, with Mike McDaniel's, I think that West Coast offense system, I think it's going to be really helpful just getting the ball to his playmakers in the short field and having them go to work. And again, he he's healthy. He had battling what like a hip issue last year, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, right. I mean, he's healthy now. They have an offensive line. They have a deep, like all. You're right. All signs point towards him having it great year so i'll pull the trigger on it love it love the pick and i'm, I'm going to continue that theme once this mock draft resumes because i'm going to take another dolphin someone that i also like redraft dynasty no matter the format chase edmonds <laughs> someone's going to step up in that dolphins backfield it's not going to be raheem Mostert. it's not going to be sony michelle Mostert can't stay healthy michelle has had injury issues as well and he's not a he's not a versatile back by any stretch of the imagination chase edmonds can catch balls out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles. He's a good back to have, especially in a Mike McDaniel-led system. I think he takes hold of that top spot. He got paid like it. He got paid early on in the offseason. This offense is going to be pretty good for fantasy this year, especially with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle opening up some more holes for Chase Edmonds. And I think Chase Edmonds is a value pick no matter what drafting format you're in. Can't go wrong with that. I mean, Chase Edmonds proved, I mean, he's proven even last year with the Cardinals how – Dominant he could be, especially, you know, when James Conner wasn't playing. Chase Edmonds balled. Uh, and I think he'll be great in the Dolphins system, and they definitely will start feeding the running back a lot more out of the backfield. So I like that. Yeah, and I have one more pick before we uh, sim, it, sim this rest of this draft, and then Austin will make his final pick. So I just have one more flex spot to fill, and obviously can't put a quarterback there, so I have a, an option to go with a running back wide receiver or tight end not going to really go tight end because who really flexes two tight ends i don't know if, if austin that's something you're trying out this year but i uh, did it last year for a while that's right yeah, you did, I did do it that. last year for a while and it worked yeah like so storm. i started flexing kasicki and schultz for a long time and it worked yeah it, it's definitely not not a bad choice depending on who you have um this is going to be a tough decision for me. So I'm, I'm definitely looking to get a wide receiver here. And there's some options that I really like Gabriel Davis, Hunter Renfro, Christian Kirk, Tony Dotson. They're, they're all like guys that could potentially break out this year, but someone that I have drifted to in, in dynasty drafts, not just only because of his age, but because of his production at times throughout portions of the past few years, Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo bills. Yep, Love um, it. He, he's Love someone, it. He's someone that has to break out eventually. There's there's no more Emmanuel Sanders, no more Cole Beasley. Yeah, you have to deal with guys like Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder, but 
that shouldn't be too much of a competition to be beat out as far as targets go. So I think Gabriel Davis, we saw that connection with Josh Allen in the playoffs in the years past. He's actually, he's absolutely exploded in the playoffs. And I think, yes, his ADP, I mean, I've seen it. It's risen, especially in redraft leagues the past couple of um, weeks. And that's something that you have to take into consideration when you're drafting him. But at this point in the draft, the ninth round for a guy that's young has upside can easily be a nice flex play. I'm, I'm more than happy rounding out my starting lineup with Gabriel Davis. Hey, he, he said, we saw what he did last year in that AFC, uh, what divisional game, I believe, right? Divisional against the, yeah, against the yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. Um, he balled. Wait, he had like four, four touchdowns. Like he, <sighs> unbelievable. And he, he, he broke, he broke a guy, broke a guy's ankles. He has all the, the talent in the world. He does. All the talent in the world. But we, the only thing I will say, again, it's a flex player, so you know you're not getting any certified stud. But there are guys in that team like Jamison Crowder who may steal some catches. He's a hell of a flex guy, um, like a flex receiver or slot receiver, I should say. Um, but again, major upside. Can't go wrong with that pick. So now for my final pick, I'm kind of in a pickle here. I'm not getting a running back because again, there's really no one I like that much to get i mean tony pollard maybe but i mean and again we may see what green bay what green bay may do no more mari cooper i understand they have cd lamb but again we may see pollard get more action but again i don't like it as much i'm not getting a tight end so it's a receiver now like i said before i don't necessarily like having two guys on the same team but this guy does have a chance to actually ball this year he's an explosive receiver I may pull the, I may pull the trigger jet on Jameson Williams. Really? Wow. And I listen, I don't I don't like having two guys on the same team, but I think there's an opportunity for both of them to ball. And Jameson Williams can could end up being the steal of the draft. So Jameson Williams. Okay. So that yeah. Interesting. So before we before we pause it, I'll I'll comment on Jameson Williams, then we'll also talk about some guys that you know you would look to add to the bench in, in this kind of format. So Jameson, it's tough because he is coming off of a, a pretty serious injury. We don't know yeah, when he's actually he going to return. But it's also a dynasty league. And I know Austin is playing more of that win-now approach, but he, he's also playing a little bit of a hybrid approach. So this bit. could be a guy so, that has a ton of upside years down the line. And obviously, we're, we're not going to play out this league, but we're still thinking with that mindset. So Jameson Williams could be a great pick. I think, you know, if as long as you end up backing that up with more safer guys, I think you, you can't go wrong with, with an upside guy like that. That's exactly why I took him. I think his future is bright in the league, and I think I have enough talent everywhere else that can make up for it. Okay, when Jameson Williams comes back, if not this year, the next year, I think you're going to see him become a star. And it's like, he's electric. I mean, you saw at college, he's electric. So Yeah, so, so talk it. to me about – what your strategy is like with your with your way of thinking as far as building out your bench in a dynasty league because we're we're not gonna pick our benches we're just gonna sim the rest of the draft. Uh, look, honest, like I said, I am definitely more of a hybrid approach. Whether it's starters or bench, um, I want the guys who are gonna help me win now. But at the same time, it's also one of those you take what the defense gives you kind of things. So if I see more you know, young guys than old, I'll probably take some younger players. Like, frankly, a guy that I love, you know, he's been in the league for a few years, if he's still there, of course. I like Michael Gallup this year. I think he's going to be okay. great. No more Amari Cooper, no more Cedric Wilson. I think Gallup's going to be fantastic. He's a deep route guy. He's been a deep route guy. But now I think he can be asked to do some more, like, closer route running. I think he could be a steal. 
even a guy like Dotson, you know, Jahan Dotson on Washington. Listen, if McLaurin's not catching it, someone else has to. So Dotson's very good. So I think young receivers like that, even a guy like Adam Thielen, who's obviously not young, I think he's a hell of a guy to have on your bench just in case because he can have he can have one of those games once in a blue moon. So those are some of the guys that I'd be looking to get. Really young receivers right now. Um, guys that I know can develop in the next few years. And then a couple, a couple seasoned vets that have shown that they can be dominant. But again, like a guy like Tyler Lockett, for example, he has shown previously the last few years, he could be one of the most electric receivers in the league. Obviously, no more Russell Wilson. Right, right now it's Drew Locke and maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, but you never know. The guy like Lockett, every you know, once in a while, he'll have one of those games. So, again, you go for one of those little season bets that you know can pop off as well. Absolutely, no, I I like that thinking a lot. I think, yeah, you want to get some upside, but also some safety on your bench, you know, because you, you are gonna have opportunities where you need to fill in a, a spot for someone on a bye week, someone that gets injured, and just having the the balance of upside and safety can go a long way towards having a, a successful dynasty season. So. Fantasy Pros is, is not really cooperating with me at the time, so it doesn't give me a, a, an option to to sim the rest of this draft. But before I try anything that could potentially lose our teams, let's go over both of our starting lineups, and then we'll see if if it ends up cooperating with us. So, Austin, read me your starting lineup. So my starting lineup right now, I'm assuming Jamison Williams plays uh, this season, would be Justin Herbert at my quarterback position, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, TJ Hawkinson, Drake London, Jameson Williams, and Tua Tagovailoa. Like it, especially that last pick for me. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes, my two running backs, Saquon Barkley and Chase Edmonds. Wide receivers, Terry McLaurin and Rashad Bateman. Tight end, George Kittle. My two flexes, Darnell Mooney, Gabriel Davis, and my super flex, Kyler Murray. That's a honestly jet. Listen, you've always been a good drafter, so I'll give you credit. That's you did you did a hell of a job. I mean, I will say that the one the one pick that I could end up regretting is the Saquon Barkley pick. And yeah, fantasy pros recognize that by it being a reach, but he still has plenty of upside. Not too long ago, he was at the top of the fantasy world. And I think with a more much improved offensive line and new offensive system, he's still so young. And he's still, yeah, the injuries, but it, can we consider him injury prone? I don't really necessarily think that's Saquon? the case. Yeah. Yes. No, he's definitely injury prone, but a lot of that is due to the Giants not giving him any help and Saquon having to do too much out there. He's trying to make so much happen on broken down plays because the Giants have not had any any line, any blocking. You know, it's it's hard for running backs to you know stay healthy when they have to do so much. But I think this year um, the Giants are going to be a lot better with the offensive line, whole new coaching system, new management, great draft. Um, I expect Saquon to have a bounce back year. He may, I, I'll say it right now, he will be a candidate for the comeback player of the year. Okay. No, I'll say, I, mean, I'll, I'll, I will say that right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I could see that as well. I think getting him where I got him the second round in a dynasty. You can argue that maybe it was a little too pricey, but um, 
I'm excited to see, you know, I'll probably keep a close eye on this team, even though it's a fake team, just to see. Uh, these are some of the players I like, so they'll probably be a pretty, pretty common staples across uh, many of my teams. So we're going to let the Fantasy Pros Draft Simulator run out, and probably for next episode, we'll have full grades and and see which of, which of us really got the best of the other person as far as this mock draft. Next episode, we're going to get back to those Dirty Diaz player comparisons. Uh, get to our two other two other league members that have been in the league for quite some time, and we'll have some more great content getting you ready for the fantasy season. Our rankings will be on the way. We're going to be comparing some more players and, and in a lot of heated exchanges. Right, Austin? As always, man. As always. I'm very excited, though. It's uh, Football season's coming. It is coming. We are, what, two weeks away from – our draft August seventh, yeah. right? Two yeah. weeks away. That's I cannot believe it. We've been waiting for six months, and it's yeah. finally here. It's about time. Yeah, it's really, and, it's about time. Yeah, and once that draft happens, we're gonna have full recap of it. We'll have some some of our league mates on to discuss how they think the draft went, and and like I said, we're we're gonna make sure everyone out there is prepared for their fantasy football season. That's our job. And it is our pleasure to provide our insights, even though Austin's insights sometimes are a little bit flawed. Oh, my God. You're, you're such a child. You're such a child. You're literally a baby. Take us out of here, Austin. Jet, if you cannot handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. <laughs>